Well, I'm delighted to be with you again. It's such a joy for me to see these children. I praise God for that. The Lord's blessing you. I'm happy to see it. I want it to continue. <laughs> and that you'll have a good new pastor soon. Let's read the word of God. If anyone teaches a different doctrine, heresy, and does not agree with the sound or healthy words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspensions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and covering, which includes clothing and shelter, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God who gives life to all things and in the presence of Jesus Christ, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality or deathlessness, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, inspire our hearts today. Without you, we are nothing. But through you, we can communicate the good news that Jesus Christ has proclaimed. And we give you thanks for that unspeakable gift. Anoint us with the Holy Spirit and with power that your name may be glorified through us. For Jesus' sake, amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> One of the things that we understand about God is that he exists. That's not a small statement. There's only two possibilities, my friends. There is no God, and you're a brain and a body 
a molecule passing from one state of non-existence to another, and that means you are a zero. That's atheism. Now, the assumption I'm making about you sitting here today is that you are a theist. You're not an atheist, which means you believe the immense God exists. Now, the second thing I'm assuming about you is that not only are you a theist that believes God exists, but that you've walked into a church that proclaims that Jesus Christ is Lord. That you say to me by sitting there that you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died on the cross for sinners, was buried, and rose again from the dead. My friends, the Bible has one shocking statement after another in it. Do you bother to read it? Now, in this scripture today, when we talk about God and how we relate to God and the world in which we live, we have to understand that if you don't have the proper perspective to God, his son Jesus, and eternity, you foul up on a personal level in this material world. Friends, you are not just a brain and a body that can see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. You are an immortal soul. Do you understand the seriousness that you have an immortal soul? I love the Heidelberg Catechism for the children. How do I know that I have a soul? That's the question. The answer? I can think about God and the future to come. Can you think about God and the future to come? You have an immortal soul. Now in 1 Timothy chapter 6, the things that are written about Jesus Christ here are simply astonishing. Look what it says. It says, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Jesus Christ spoke words. <laughs> Do you know what he says about his words? Heaven and earth will pass away. Do you actually believe him? I mean, are you sure you believe that? The planet you're standing. I'm standing here. It's going to be gone. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said. But then he said, my 
words will never pass away. Why? They are eternal words. That's why. They're from God. You believe that God in eternity, who's bigger than the universe, sent into time Jesus. That's what you say you believe. You believe in Christmas. Don't you? Christmas? That God was incarnate? Christmas? You believe in Easter? The resurrection of the day? The Unitarian Universalist Church doesn't believe in Christmas or Easter. Do you know that? There's no such thing as God entering time or, or the resurrection happening or Jesus Christ dying on the cross for sinners. That didn't happen for them. They believe if you're smart enough, you get there. Poor souls. Now, do you understand that Jesus Christ gives you teaching not to hurt you, but to heal you? You're sick of soul. Jesus didn't come for people who didn't think they needed help. <laughs> he didn't come for the righteous. He came for sinners like me, like you. Now, friends, you, these things are so big, so huge, they're so massive that God has entered time and he's given us information about what happens after you die. I'll never forget the day I was called by a man in my church and he said, there's a man dying in the hospital. I want you to go pray for him. I'd never seen him before. But I said, okay, I'll go pray for him. I went into his room, and uh, he was hooked up to several things. And one of them was a monitor, you know, that they send to the nurse's station so that if something happens, they can come in. And so <clears throat> I was in there, and I prayed for him, and he died right there. Pretty shocking stuff. The nurse came running in, and she ran over to this man. No pulse. He was dead. And then she did something. Shocked me. She reached over and she pried his jaws apart. Then she reached over to the table. She got his false teeth. And she put them in his mouth and shut his mouth. And then she took his eyes. His eyes were like this. And she closed them like that. And I was just, what are you doing? She said, you have to understand that rigor mortis sets in so quickly. We have to get those teeth in there before we'd have to break his jaw to get his teeth back in. Now, do you understand what's going to happen to you, my dear friends? Rigor mortis is going to set in. It's already. <laughs> it's always great to have people with a sense of humor in it. <laughs> okay, but what I'm trying to tell you is 
you're going to die. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Do you believe it? Now, when I was young, I was bulletproof. Man, I can do anything. Nobody's going to gut my life. I'm going. And yet we see a 19-year-old drives off the highway. And he hits a tree. And he dies. Now, friends, the teaching of Jesus Christ is so exceedingly important because you could die today. Do you understand this? We die easy. Accident, injury, crime, sickness, old age. Something's going to get us. Do you actually believe that? Have you considered what happens to you when you die? What do you think Jesus came into the world for? He came to tell you there's another world. You are simply an alien, a stranger, a refugee passing through this world to another world. I love John Wesley. <laughs> he came to, a, to a, I love art. You know, I, I like too many things. That's one of my problems. But he loved art and sculpture. And he went to a rich man's house that had art and sculpture everywhere. And he said, wow, this is, this is great. And then he said this. But there is another world. Do you actually believe that? Are you sure? Do you live and think like an atheist? Or are you passing to another world? What does Jesus Christ teach? It's for your health. My friends, I have learned this. If you're not ready to die, you can't live. You have to learn to be prepared to die, and then you can live to the full. And God brought, he's given you things so that you can enjoy life. God's not against you enjoying life. He came to give you life and abundant life. But if you're not ready to die, you can't enjoy your life. This is serious stuff here. Now look what else it says about Jesus Christ here. It says <clears throat> that Jesus Christ made a good confession before Pontius Pilate. What was his confession? He confessed before Pontius Pilate, I came to witness to the truth. What's the truth? The truth is reality. Reality is truth. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. You believe him? My kingdom is not of this world. Do you know what he said to the thief on the cross? You know, this is probably one of the most astonishing displays of faith ever. Here's a man sitting next, uh, crucified next to Jesus Christ, not sitting. And here's a man, he looks at him, and he's got a crown of thorns on his head. And blood is coming down his face. And he's been beaten almost half to death. You do understand 40 less one Roman lashes, don't you? 
Has anybody seen the passion of the Christ? That's reality right there. And he looks at this man and says, Lord, remember me when you come in your kingdom. My God, how could he, how could he do it? Supernatural gift. My friends, the only reason you believe is that there's a supernatural God coming from a supernatural world, entering into time to tell you that the way to get back is through Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus said to him? Today you shall be with me in paradise. Do you believe that one? Do you believe there's a paradise, a heaven, a more wonderful place than we can even imagine? Do you actually believe that? Are you sure? My friends, this is big stuff we're talking about. We're talking about what you prayed. <laughs> what did you pray today? Thy kingdom come. Thine is the kingdom. My friends, a kingdom has a king. Who is it? Jesus Christ. You have been translated out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. This is, this is so astounding. You're a citizen of heaven. He's going to come again. Did you, did you notice what it said here? Look, look what it says. It says, keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you actually believe that Jesus Christ is coming back? Think about that a minute. You're sitting here and all of a sudden, there he is. You're not going to have to, I repent, oh God, please forget. I'm sorry. It's too late. Don't be late. He's coming back. Why should we look forward to it? Well, he's going to straighten up the mess we've made of this world. It's going to be a great day, my friends. It's going to be wonderful. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. If we understand paradise, if we understand the marvelous body, he's going to transform the body of our humiliation into the body of his glory. If you understand that, come quickly, Lord Jesus. No more pain. My back. Bob, you, do you understand it, my friends? Why are we dying? Why don't we just, why aren't we in perfect health? Why do we hurt and ache and suffer and cry and weep? Sin, sin brought devastation into the world and we're suffering the consequences of it. But Jesus Christ has come and he said, I'm coming to bring you eternal life. Do you get it? I mean, this is big stuff we're talking about. Who does it say he is? King of kings and Lord of lords. You believe that one? My God, it's just, it's just so 
awesome. <laughs> I hear people all the time say, oh, that's awesome, or this is awesome. And I think, no, it isn't. God is awesome. These other little things, not so much. You actually believe this stuff? Now, what about you? If you actually believe there's a paradise, a heaven, and you're going to it, if you actually believe the gospel and you have the gift of eternal life, what difference does it make to you now? It's pretty simple. You are filthy rich. Do you understand it? Oh, wait a minute, preacher. That's not true. I'm no Bill Gates. You know what your problem is? It's the same problem we all have. If I compare myself to some people, <laughs> I got more than he's got. And I compare myself to somebody, oh, he's got more than I've got. But if we compare ourselves to the Bible, what does it say? Well, let's read it. It says, <clears throat> if I can find it, <laughs> if we have food and clothing, with these, we'll be content. I don't think you heard. You didn't listen to me, did you? Would you please listen to that? If we have food and clothing... We'll be satisfied. We'll be happy. In other words, when God compares you to his word, he looks at Steve Irby and says, Steve, man, are you rich. You live in a house with clean water and indoor plumbing. I have electricity, two vehicles, two televisions, an iPhone. My God, how much do I have? I'm a wealthy person. Guess what? So are you. And what are we going to say about your money here or down here since you have a vision of the kingdom of God? You're going to understand that you're wealthy. What if you, how many of you here, you, I want you to raise your hand. You'll trade eternal life and paradise for all the world can give you. Raise your hand. Do <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? What do you value? What is your treasure? What's most important to you? My friends, did you understand what the scripture says? We brought nothing into the world. And we take nothing out. Do, do you believe that? Naked, we came into the world. Naked, we go out. You actually believe that. You can't take it with you. You know what Jesus said? <laughs> A guy came to him and said, divide my inheritance with my brother. He's not doing right with me here. And he said, who made me an arbiter of you? Then he told him a parable. And he said this. He said, a rich man looked at his barns. They were too small to hold all of his grain and fruit that he'd gained. He says, this is what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to tear those small barns down and build bigger ones. And then I'm going to take my ease. I'm going to eat and drink and be merry. And guess what God said? You fool. Tonight, your soul is required. What if God came to you tonight and said, Tonight, your soul is required. Now, the amazing thing about Jesus, he's so beautiful and so wonderful. His teaching so great. He had a postscript to that parable. It said, so is the man who's rich and stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich toward God. Jesus wasn't upset that he stored up treasures. He was upset that he wasn't rich toward God. Now, friends, you're filthy rich. And I want to know, are you rich toward God? That's what I want to know. Are you? Because if you're not, since everyone here is filthy rich... You're in deep trouble. You don't have a proper perspective. Yeah, but preacher, you don't know how hard I work to make that money. <laughs> Good for you. I'm glad you work so hard. Who gave you a brain? How come you were born in America and not in a mud hut? Huh? Did you have something to do with it? I don't think so. God in his sovereign grace came to you and put you in America. Gave you a family has given you a church, and you think your riches are yours? My God, we don't get it. We just don't get it. Friends, have you even reached the level of, of Old Testament Christianity 10%? <laughs> I'll never forget. <laughs> Wild preacher came. I was, we were going to the church. Highland Heights Associate Home Presbyterian Church, 12th and Martin, no longer exists. This wild preacher came in there and said, Well, a man robbed God. You've robbed me of tithes and offerings. Bring your tithe into the storehouse, and I'll pour out a blessing so there's no more need. At that time, Shirley was pregnant, and I, we were making $600 a month, and every month we were going deeper in debt. Now, I was a controller trainee at the time, and I had all these ledger books, rent, food, insurance, Gas, miscellaneous, you know, you know, the, you know what I'm talking about. And I, I thought he was crazy. But every morning I woke up, what was the first thing I thought? Will a man rob God? I said, you can't mean this. Can you? <laughs> I said, I said, so one day I was sitting in the kitchen, I'll never forget it, I had all my ledger books out. And I looked to the ceiling, I was praying to God, I said, okay, $60 off the top to the church, but you're going to have to take care of it, because I'm not fooling with all these books anymore. I threw them all in the trash. <laughs> in six months we were out of debt and I still don't know how it happened. 
Now, what is the difference then between an Old Testament Christian and a New Testament Christian? What does Jesus want? Are you ready? Everything. Let me say it again. I don't think you heard it. I don't think you like it. What does Jesus Christ want? Everything, including your life. If a man doesn't give up his life for me, he can't be my disciple. My God, have you read this stuff? Do you actually read the New Testament? Have you read these astonishing words from the Lord of glory, from him who rose again from the dead? Have you actually read these things? Do you understand the seriousness of coming to Christ and saying, Lord, what will you have me do? That's the sign you're saved. Now, you say to me, preacher, there you go. You're going off half-cocked again. Don't you understand? I have to pay my bills. Don't you understand? I have to take care of my family. Don't you understand? I have so many difficulties. And Jesus would say, I understand. And you're supposed to pay for those things. What does he mean then? He means that everything you have, everything you own, is to be used to advance the kingdom of Jesus Christ. That's what it means. I hope that's plain. Your purpose on life, my friends, is not to have a career. It's not to get married. It's not to have children. It's not to buy a home. It's not to have a joyful life. It's to serve Jesus the Christ and his kingdom. That's your purpose. Now, I'm not, I don't care what your career is. Whatever God wants you to do, that's fine. That's not a problem. I don't care how much money you have. God's made you wealthy. Praise God for it. We're not against things, my friends. The problem is not things. The problem in us is not all the material wealth which we have. The problem is we don't use it properly. We're to be using it to advance God's church and God's kingdom. Why? You're going there. I hope you understand this. And Now, if you can keep yourself from dying, if you can raise yourself from the dead, you don't need to listen to these words. But if you can't do that, you better be listening to Jesus. That's what I'm saying to you. Now just remember what I said to you. What shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Do you understand this? You've got a lot of stuff. I've got too much stuff. <laughs> you know, what can I say? Thank God. Every good and perfect gift is from the Father of lights from which there's no shadow of turning. He's given you all these gifts. God loves you. He gave you all this stuff. And more than that, he gave you his son. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift of Jesus Christ. Do you really consider that to be the greatest gift you have ever received? If you don't, you don't get it. 
Friends, these are big things we're talking about here today. But what I, look what he says you're supposed to do since you and I are so wealthy. By the way, <laughs> I love this about God. He's so great. <laughs> I've given you these things to enjoy. I'm going to go out to eat. Hey, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to get in my car that has heat. I'm going to enjoy that. You're supposed to enjoy life, friends. God has given you all things richly to enjoy. You believe that one? But there's a caveat. And what is it? Let me read it to you. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. You could be poverty-stricken tomorrow. Do you understand this? I know people who had jobs, a family, they had a disastrous illness, and it took everything from them in a week. It's not hard to do, friends. Don't trust in your wealth. Don't trust in your money. Don't trust in what you've got. It won't help you in the day of wrath. Riches don't profit in the day of wrath. That's what it says. But what we're to trust in God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. What are you supposed to do since we're in that position? They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. The storing up treasure, where's your treasure? Storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. I love that, don't you? <laughs> My friends, it's impossible to be a Christian and not be generous hearted. It's impossible to be a Christian and not be willing to give. It's impossible to be a Christian and not want to give more than you're able to give. That's the way Christians are. They have a loving, generous, big heart. Why? Heaven awaits. And we're laying up treasure in heaven where moth and rust don't corrupt, nor thieves break in and steal. For where your heart is, there's your treasure. So let me close with asking you one question. Is Jesus Christ really your treasure? Because, my friends, soon you're going to meet him. So get ready. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, it's so hard for me to be holy and not carnal. It's hard for me, Lord, to keep wanting what I want instead of wanting what you want for me to want. I pray for these dear people here, Lord. They need Jesus in abundant measure. Bless the children here, O oh Lord. Help them understand 
that Jesus is not just the reason for the season, but Jesus is the reason for life. Help us to believe and to do for his glory and the advancement of his kingdom. Amen.